It's around 10 a.m. on a Thursday morning, and my work week at the retirement home up the street is over. For the last year, these two days off have been for working on radio shows, audiobook narrations, my podcasts, and whatever other creative ideas I might have, though often I just end up going to the cabin. On this Thursday, I was procrastinating. I'd had breakfast, two cups of coffee, before sitting down to finalize a script for a radio show for the Icelandic Broadcasting Corporation, deadline a week from then. My procrastination had full support by the knowledge that I was 90% done with the script anyway, and edit, this being a mere final rewrite and minor tweaks, so I was easily distracted. Procrastination is either a curse I must break, or a trait with positive benefits that I must embrace. Choosing the latter for now, I turned my attention to the sound outside the living room window. Insert sound. I live on the fourth floor, on top of a small hill. My balcony faces south, a tapestry of rooftops of the three-story buildings below, and a lot of tall trees. One of those, in a garden, on the street in front, Rødelækur, or Red Creek, is a large spruce towering over the roofs. It had approximately 30 minutes left of its life as a giant. The sound of a chainsaw, let alone two, is both distinct and intense. At first I ignored them, assuming it's a short sound of someone cutting a few branches, But then, I see a crane rising over the top of the roofs, raising a man to the sky, a lumberjack. He wore a helmet and sunglasses, flannel shirt, and held a chainsaw. This man would be responsible for changing my horizon. The large 60-year-old spruce about to disappear, adding a few degrees of the mountain view in the back. My first recording was a bit lazy, putting the mic out on the balcony, deciding on a distant recording to start with. I sat down by the window and picked up a pair of binoculars, wondering if it was an arborist I actually knew. Hard to tell, but Iceland, with a very limited coverage of forest, has only a handful of dedicated arborists. I recalled anthropological research I read during my university years, which was about a lumberjack camp in the northwestern part of the United States, likely on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State. I vaguely remember explanations and translation of jargon among lumberjacks, the very big risk to their lives, the camaraderie and the constant taunting of wetbacks those new to the profession, 
Perhaps there was the word green something. Green jaw, green ear, but I can't recall. Iceland doesn't have the same kind of culture of lumberjacks. Never has, but might have in the distant future, if the climate keeps warming. The man in the crane was cutting off every branch, a slow process, but I remained patient. Finally, reaching the upper part, he cut into the tree, making a V-shaped cut from one side and then straightened from the other. And the top of the tree fell out of sight. I stopped recording. But the sawing kept on and got more intense as he was cutting through thicker parts below. The incessant high-pitched sound taunted me. I was missing the opportunity to get closer and record clear and defined sounds of a chainsaw, a rather rare sound in a country with less than 1% forest. If I ever make a sound library, it will be missing the folder Chainsaws. Also, I had a valid excuse, as I could not record narration for the radio show in my sound booth. The noise was simply too high. So, I went outside. Walked over to the adjacent street, where people live in larger apartments than mine, are further from the traffic street, further up the ladder of middle-class living. As I walked to the large crane, nearly blocking the street, the man in the flannel shirt greeted me like a friend, as he was, having worked at the same tour guiding company four years earlier. Here he was, with one of the original founders of the company, who had sold his shares and stepped aside. Big-time investors had made it into the largest tour operator in the country pre-COVID. To change careers in Iceland is common. Here was an example. Two tourism veterans turned from the industry of leisure to cutting down large trees for people at this very moment. Insert sound. The only part left was the foot of the trunk, approximately four meters tall, strapped down with a sling to a big metal rod in the ground to make sure it fell the correct way. wide circular pieces could have become a variety of things. Small coffee tables or seats, plates even, or some outdoor custom dinner party, decorative pieces, decorating a wall in a fancy designed restaurant. They could have been wheels for a little cart or bowls, a walkway or an unconventional porch design. But live wood has to dry out, and unless properly done, it will definitely crack. What looks splendid now might look like a failure in a few weeks when the wood dries out so quickly that large rifts develop. In this case, the timber would be stored and dried for firewood. In a nation near fully heated, with geothermal power, wood-burning stoves 
are mainly a romantic luxury in summer houses. But back to the actual sound of cutting trees and a few cultural connections that came to my mind. Earl Clifton Beck, Nebraska-born, studied the folklore of Michigan lumberjacks in the 1930s, documenting their songs, stories, dances, and folklore through the 40s, publishing the book Lore of the Lumber Camps. His time in the fields, in the woods, was for him an adventure, not only on the scholarly side, being outdoors, in challenging situations, and the making of friends were among the benefits he perceived. And unlike so many scholars, anthropologists, documentary filmmakers and others collecting stories, he kept those relationships alive through active engagement with his subjects and their culture, so much that he became the founder and manager of the band Michigan Lumberjacks, a toured and played during the 30s, in 1959, the Library of Congress produced songs of the Michigan Lumberjacks for future generations to enjoy, like the bark of a tree hiding earrings within. There are stories and connections to be made underneath every sound. It's another way to think of scripting material for insert sound, and anything else for that matter. This is not a novel discovery, as any documentary producer, director, writer, or journalist which aims to uncover something deeper, whether truth, emotions, stories, secrets, or strongly held views, not portrayed at first glance. In the case of my recording of the chainsaws, I did not plan to dig deeper into the stories of the two friends turned lumberjacks, longtime veterans of the tourist trade, adapting simply to the dire situation of their former industry. Insert sound is experimental and has a few limits, but for now I have decided against including interviews. So I carry on directing my attention and microphones to the sounds and the reaction and thoughts that I get from them. During World War II, a new type of anthropological research was carried out by the Institute of Occupational Health in Helsinki, looking at the fiscal characteristics of people in different professions. The first profession was lumberjacks, which in Finnish is metsuri, 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 metsuri. The results were that the mesomorphic body, with short lower legs and long body, was the best suited for this job. This sort of research with that type of undertone of determinism, lost its popularity after the 60s. Those type of studies do tend to bring up a comparison to even more controversial research, done under the banner of nationalistic superiority, measuring different populations, bodies, and intelligence. Most infamous of those and most known was the research carried out under the Nazis at concentration camps.
I once asked the swim coach, I know, as we sat in the hot tub at the pool, if there was a body type best suited for swimming. Tall, long hands and legs, but, he said, it all comes down to the individual and the advantage they can create by exercising. Discipline, breathing, fitness, diet, sleep, and of course the drive to succeed. The tree that had grown for 60 years in the front yard of a three-story apartment, on Rødalækur, a street my great-grandmother and her two grown children lived at for decades, was about to fall. No more uptake of water through the expansive root system. Soon it would begin to wither away and die. No more photosynthesis. No more shadow onto living room windows. No more birds sitting on its branches. Whatever the pros and cons, the decision had been made, and now the order was being carried out loudly. And that was it. Tree down, but many hours more of cutting the trunk into smaller pieces, still audible in late afternoon as I write this, and then the transportation of the logs. And then, somewhere, they will sit, silently drying out until the crackling sound of burning will end their existence in solid state. And... That's a solid way to end this episode of Insert Sound. I hope you'll listen to some of the many other earlier or later episodes available, perhaps even subscribing. In any case, thanks for listening.